Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. And how are you on this lovely Wednesday evening, Chad? Uh, I'm not too bad, you know. Um, middle of the week, as of time of recording. And, uh, yeah, it's been been pretty good last few days for um, the Jarvis household over here. Um, but yeah, I'm just enjoying another evening recording a pod with you. How are you, Noah? I'm doing well. I, I kind of want you to expand upon that. It's been a, a few di- good days in the Jarvis household. Is that down to anything, or are you no, just no? Uh, it's just it, it was just platitudes. Uh, my, yes, it was. Yes, it was just in. I guess the blades doing well, and and then Georgia football becoming back to back champions of college football for the first time in in georgia's history and the first time since 2011 2012 so that's pretty impressive utter domination 15 and 0 and it won the championship game 65 to 7 so i saw that um yeah it's pretty impressive so it was it's been very celebratory around my house i can say good Good. Glad. I'm glad to hear that, Chad. I'm glad yep. that you're uh, reveling in that Georgia win. Yep. I, I, when I saw that score on Monday, I was like, Jesus Christ, Chad, must be pleased. <laughs> yes, I was. I'm doing all right, man. Everything is good. I'm going to watch that hockey tonight. Hockey. Off to watch. Yeah, off to watch the hockey. It's a, a kind of a derby, uh, I guess you'd say. It's the Los Angeles Kings. Your Los Angeles Kings <laughs> versus uh, the San Jose Sharks. So um, always a good, you know, California rivalry game. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that in just a couple of hours here, but also excited to do the pod with you. So um, yeah, good win at the weekend in the FA Cup. I know we've talked about on multiple occasions how, you know, obviously the cup is not our goal this year, but, you know, you don't shy away from you know, win within the FA Cup. And certainly as dominant as we were, you don't shy away from that kind of win. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, well, I know I said it during our watch along that I wanted us really out of the cup. And then we see the lineup that Hecky puts out and honestly, be fair to say that we pretty much were had two goals inside the first 37 minutes. And that was it. I mean, we kind of packed it in from there. I mean, it, it was a good game, and I'm like, okay, if we're going to do this all the way through the cup, might as well. And, um, yeah, so and I was impressed by, by Saturday afternoon's uh, display by the lads. Yeah, yeah, we were absolutely dominant, I thought, from start to finish. I think we we might have switched off a little bit in the second half, but they didn't really have a sniff, I mean, if you think about it. You know, no. I can't really – Besides that one chance that was like point blank where Davies made the save, I can't remember. Uh, and we're spoiler alert, we're not going to get into a great deal of detail on this game. But whoever it was, I think, I believe it was their, it was their striker, Bradshaw? Was it Bradshaw who, um, mm-hmm. no, I think, or was it Volksammer? I think it might have oh, been Oh, I think it was Volksammer. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, Volksammer yeah. who kind of got in and, um, you know, took basically took a shot from point blank range and he he had a couple chances i think volksammer mm-hmm. um he had yeah, that he one was that, impressive 
he had that one that like just went to the left, I think, of uh, of Davies' net. But um, yeah, Davies didn't have much to do. He had a couple balls to claim in the air off of free kicks and corners, and um, that one save to make. But you know, other than that, I mean, looking looking at the statistics here, what? Uh, oh well, I don't have the statistics. Um, but to, for my money, I think they only had one shot on target. Yeah. And yep. I think they had like eight shots in total, if I can recall. So, yeah, they uh, from what I'm seeing, because my my statistics are limited on on my screen as well. Yeah, they only had one shot on target. We had five, and and put two home, and possibly could have had a few more. But it was one of those good games where we were able, you know, we were clamoring about the kids, and they did get in, albeit really, 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 really late. For 30 but, seconds, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, at least, you know, they got in. I think we're going to see a much-changed side when we go in the, the fourth round of the FA Cup against Wrexham, the lower league side that we, you know, we all want in a, in a cup. You want a lower league side, albeit, oh, mighty Wrexham now. So I think we're going to see a much younger blade side go out and um we will get what everybody wants is put the kids in i don't know man i i think based on everything that hecking bottom has said i think he's gonna feel the decent side come that fourth round draw against wrexham mm, yeah it, it, it should be interesting to see you know we we yeah. get past the fourth round then it it starts narrowing down the competition and we might be on a little bit of a run yeah yeah i mean well we we got into what uh we got into the fifth round what was it uh two years ago yeah we've had we've had a decent fa cup run the last few years didn't we make it to the final eight too i think the covid year yeah yeah i think that that you know what that was the year that we made it to the yeah to the final final eight yeah i think the quarterfinals yeah i think the quarterfinals is what we made it to I can't remember offhand. I know we made a relatively deep run, but I, I can't Because we were one win away because we faced Arsenal in that in that quarterfinal game. That's and if right. we would have won, we would have went to Wembley. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was that yeah, weird yeah. COVID year. Yep. Yep. So let's just quickly run through the goals here. I mean, the first goal on 20 th- 23 was a thing of beauty to watch, really. Basham, inch-perfect pass to McAtee, who first times it to Jebo out on the right in space, takes a touch, carefully slots it past a seated Bielkowski and what a goal for for Daniel Jebison um his first since that goal that goal that really put him on the map in the Premier League against Everton mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's been a long time coming but you know obviously we got relegated he went out on loan and, and so on and so forth but yeah it was a well-struck goal and honestly I might start him this week against Stoke in the next game because honestly what he did in the match before and then getting this start against Millwall in the cup, he looked pretty impressive. So if McBurney's not back for Stoke, I think Jeff might get a start. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm inclined to agree with you. I I don't think, I think we will actually get some rotation there. um, As far as the league is concerned, Sharp comes out and maybe used exactly as he was used in this fixture against Millwall where, you know, on 70, he comes in and, you know, puts in a last, you know, a hard 20 minutes uh, to end the game. I think I can see that happening. Yeah. 
That second goal at 36 minutes, Illiman and Jai doing what he does best, running past his man, not once but twice, driving to the byline, pulling it back for Bogle, who takes a shot that's deflected and into the top of the goal, blades up 2-0. And of course, as we know, that's how it ended. But yeah, Illiman and Jai just doing what he does, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the creativity and you got to give Bogle credit. Uh, it's I'm glad to see his name back in the in the on the score sheet and by, back amongst the goals because if he's another player we can get fired and man we're just gonna be we're just gonna end up tearing this league up if we get all these such dynamic players back in form and they take their chances and seeing that net bulge it only makes their confidence grow more and more and more so just keep firing them in it. In die ball on a string, he does whatever he wants with it. If these players can get open and score, dude, we're just gonna we're gonna run through everybody. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and it's interesting because it's another question, um, you know, about that starting eleven come Saturday. You know, do you put Balduck in or do you put Bogle in? Yeah, in heck, he made a weird change at the end and put Balduck in. Uh, completely out of position, even though I don't know what was going. But I'm I'm riding with the hot hand. I'm going with Bogle on Saturday against Stoke. I, I think you. It, but the whole thing is, is now we have competition back in the side. Yeah, we got Baldock and Bogle both fighting for it. But heck, he might do. You know, we we do have the better part of a week between games. Because I was going to say, if this was a quick turnaround, you probably see Baldock go in. And then Bogle come out and just kind of like a rotation, and we we still might see that we we still might see Baldock start in place of Bogle. We just don't. We, nobody knows. Let's talk a little bit um, about the kids and the, or I should say, the lack of kids in this game against Millwall. You know, the cup is obviously the perfect opportunity, kind of low stakes, especially two nil up. And who does Hecky bring in? Billy Sharp and Sander Bedgay. Like, um, yeah. very interesting, you know, substitutions. I probably would not have made those subs if I were in Hecky's position. But look, Sander had a couple of good touches. Billy added what he normally adds, good hold-up play, um, and helping us see the game out. So obviously you saw something that we didn't. I just thought it was a good low-stakes opportunity, you know, to give some of those kids an opportunity uh, to get valuable valuable minutes. Yeah, I agree with that. And then you you look at the the sheet and it says where the substitutions: Kulabali and Brooks, ninetieth minute. It's like, right? Come on, Hecky. I mean, at that point, the game real realistically was in hand. And if you blew a two goal lead, I think uh, Roy on Blade Pod said. If they blew a two goal lead and it was leveled up, they just one of the players should dribble it into their own net and just lose the game. But just I would have gave them like fifteen minutes, not five minutes. Yeah, yeah, just to see a little bit, man. Yeah, I I mean, may, I don't know. Maybe we were looking at the prize money and thinking, well, we need that prize money. You know, it's a hundred and twenty thousand quid or something like that if you yeah, make it true. into the fourth round. So. Um, um, that that's one thing too. It's like we're all clamoring for the kids to get in, but we really, realistically, we know that their chances are going to be numbered because we only have a certain amount of 
more rounds that we're going to go in this competition, and then we could be knocked out, and that could be it. We won't see him the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was probably, you know, why there were a lot of Blades that were maybe a little frustrated that they didn't get more minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then I think it was Enda Stevens who had a penalty shout in the second half. Like, he got into the box and was fouled. It was a clear foul, clear as day. And, of course, official keeps his whistle in his ma- uh, in his hand, I should say. And, yeah, nothing is called. Um, I will say, Enda Stevens did put in a fantastic ball for Billy Sharp, who dribbled past the keeper and just didn't have, uh, you know, enough on it to to force it in. I mean, it was kind of saved off the line there by, by the Millwall defender, but yeah, it was a good ball from Enda Stevens. I, I, on the live stream, I was convinced it was Norwood. That's how, that's how inch perfect the pass yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, and then played, played a, a, a good game, something we're not used to seeing out of him. Yeah. But it, it's, it's weird. It's like once every blue moon, he has like a, in the past Stevens came and now it's like few and far between. So it kind of surprises you when he plays, you know, Oh, I kind of, I wouldn't say out of his mind, but plays better than he has been playing, which I'm okay for. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to blades pod yet, they did a very interesting segment on uh, players that they would keep versus players that, uh, they would let their contract expire and, you know, give them a handshake on the way out. Thank you for all your work. Um, and Enda Stevens was on the list of let go at the end of the season. Is that your is that yeah. your assessment as well? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, whether we go up or whether we stay in this division next year, we need to we need to churn the churn the team a bit. We need to turn it over. There's there's like positions that are just getting stagnant, like Bash and Stevens and John Fleck. And... Yeah, he was going to be the other one that I brought up. Yeah, I mean, those guys were getting you younger players in the side, albeit on loan. But you like to think that our ability to fill those roles this summer, if we go up, is going to be in our favor because we're coming up. We're going to want to spend cash to bring either either loans or buy some players to fill those roles. And then we can let those players go in, you know, they're almost in the twilight of their careers. So just let them ride off in the sunset and, and find a lower championship top in league one side. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm inclined to agree with you. I, you know, John Fleck is another player that <clears throat> if he's not injured, he looks to be a little bit past it to be playing at this level. And yeah. I mean, obviously he's, been amazing for us i think he's been with the club what five years now five plus years yeah and um it's you don't like to see a player like that go just you think of some i mean there's so many great memories him scoring in the prem him scoring that goal against wednesday uh you know on the during the bouncing day massacre within Mm -hmm. like the first few minutes of the game i mean uh, these those are fantastic moments but at the same time, you know, I think if we do go up, we're going to need to strengthen that midfield. Um, and we're going to need a Tommy Doyle-like player if we're going to have any chance of competing in the in the Premier League next year if we go up. Yeah, no, I, I would 100% agree with that. So anyway, game finishes 2-0 to the Blades. 
you know, for your money, Chad, who was your man of the match in that game? Um, I will give it to Jefferson. Actually, no, no, I'll take that back. I'll I'll give it to Stevens since he had wow. such a since he had such a good game, and it's so rare that he has those good games. Yeah, we'll we'll just give it to him. Him or Jebison. I, I always love your uh, your takes on man of the match because it's always out of left field, you know. Yeah, I I don't want to follow the. I don't want to go to the beat of the same drum. I just grab. You don't want to say Njaye every game, you know. Yeah, you don't want to say that's. I mean, that's he's got. I I don't I don't know I can't remember how many club man of the matches he has, but the dude. It seems like every match it's like okay we know he's gonna be good. Somebody else has to be good. He's not the only one pulling all the strings. I mean, he, yeah. So I'll just go different. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll say Jebison just getting the goal. And, you know, I mean, look, the obvious choices in Jaye. Mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic in this game. Yet another assist. And it just seems like every game he has a go- some sort of goal involvement, whether it's an assist or or a goal, although he hasn't scored in in quite a while now, but he's just been phenomenal, getting all the apples as uh, as we say in hockey. Yeah. yeah, right. All them apples. So, Chad, let's talk about our fourth round draw away to the race co- race course ground against Wrexham. And um, you know, look, we're Americans, and uh, I'm sure everybody's thinking it. Like, what do we think about welcome to Wrexham and you know, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds and the work that they've done over there. I mean, I think that they've done a good job, but they haven't seen all of the results that they had hoped when they bought the club. What was it two years ago now? Like, I think right in the middle of the pandemic, I think they're on their third, at least partial season of owning. I think they've had just had the one full season and and then this will be their second full season of ownership. But look, they brought in a a couple of good players and, um, you know, the documentary has certainly detailed uh, the work that they've done to just kind of revitalize the town of Wrexham. And um, I think this is a great draw personally. I think it'll get more eyes on Sheffield United from those Americans who, you know, maybe have supported Wrexham just by virtue of watching the documentary. This will be a game that's certainly to feature on ESPN plus here in the United States. Hopefully it'll be on telly in the UK as well. I'm, I think it definitely will, will be on um, BBC Wales as far as I know, based on what I've heard from other podcasts, but hopefully it'll be on telly in England on either uh, sky or one, one of the channels. Yeah. My thoughts about it are, I'm okay with it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I saw the documentary. Yeah, it it kind of is what it is. But I, I just think we're going to go there and it's going to be a – I guess it's going to be a – of course it's going to be – they're getting second in the championship, Sheffield United, going to the race course. Away, the ticket allocation is already sold out. So it's going to be a great day out for the, the that town. But we just got to go in there and take care of business because I don't want to be the team that stubs their toe against Wrexham and they knock us out of the cup, you know, because yeah. the, the pitch is going to be all chewed up. It's not going to be what, what we're used to. It's probably going to be cold, rainy, wind-blowing, miserable-type weather. Let's just go and take care of business, please. Which is why I think that Hecky will field a strong team. In this yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, because especially with the amount of buildup that it's getting, like Rob McElhaney tweeted at 
united and said, I've been to Sheffield. It's a nice place, blah, 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 verbal bouquets and whatnot. So it's almost like I like the exposure that we're going to get with this game because, like you said, it's probably one of the ties of this round. So it's probably going to get moved to a prime time slot on probably Saturday or maybe Sunday. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I just want us to go there and win and just be like, shush. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the proverbial finger to the mouth to the entire town of yes. Wrexham. Yes. And uh, as I, as I tweeted out, hoping that, Cinderella turns back into uh, uh I should say Cinderella Cinderella's carriage turns back into a pumpkin and uh that she's in the rags and tatters again uh of the National League. Uh, you you get my metaphor. It's not yes. a it's not a great metaphor, yeah. but um yeah. it's an apt one. So yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be great. Um do you know out of just out of curiosity the last time that United played Wrexham? Oh man, they were they mentioned it somewhere. No, t- why does 2015 come to my head? Is it no. not? It, it's 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 way longer than that. But I I heard it. I've heard it when we played, but I can't remember it. Off it the was top of my head. it was 2004, and a three two win for United over Wrexham in the cup. I'll give you a fiver if you can guess oh. one of the goal scorers. This was Jags was in the game, wasn't uh, it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. See, I, I told I was you I heard you. it. Yeah. No, yeah. somebody else talked about it, or I, I think United tweeted last time we faced Wrexham in the cup. Yeah. Jags was in the Jags was in the team scored. Yeah. Do you know the other goal scorer? I cannot remember the other scores. No. No. The other goal scorer was Andy Gray, and he had a brace in that game. Okay. And yeah, I think okay. one was like a proper mistake from the keeper, from the Wrexham goalkeeper. Um, and it was just like a tap in for for Andy Gray. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. So well, I'll take the same result. Yeah, too. Yeah, I'll t- I'll take the same result too. All right. Well, we're we're gonna have a full half of a podcast devoted to that fourth round fixture against Wrexham. Um, look for that upcoming in the next couple of weeks. What I want to move on to is Rita Kadra being recalled by Brighton Hove Albion and then being sent out on loan again to uh Birmingham City. Yeah. I mean it's it's kind of one of those deals and I think you were in the same light as me when when we saw that name pop up and and we all know what he did last year. And then he got here and he just didn't fit in. He just didn't fit in the system and the side and yeah, he had that one goal. But other than that, it was like you're kind of we're coming in for cameos 10, 15 minutes here and there, the odd occasional start. And so, I mean, what is the point of him staying and not playing here and probably going to Birmingham and in, in playing, probably starting the rest of their games? Yeah, yeah. I Everybody circled that last game of the season that we have against Birmingham and saying, oh, well, what if he scores against us, you know, and yeah. we we don't go up. It like, you know, we need three points to to basically go up automatically on the last day of the season. I, I'll be honest, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, you know, I've, I've been proven wrong before. I mean, time and time again, I've been proven wrong. But, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But 
yeah, like you said, Chad, he just didn't really fit in here. He wasn't a good part of our system, you know. I, initially, I thought he was going to be a good sub for Njaye on a regular basis, but um, that was never really the case, and we just didn't have a good slot for him. And I think, really, really, it was more about we had a clause within his loan agreement that we would have to buy him if we went up at the end of the season. Yeah. And I think I think the club looked at that and was like, well, he's not done very well for us, has he? We better send him back. You know, otherwise this clause is going to go into effect if we do indeed go up this season. And then we'll have a player that we have no use for really within our system um, that we're obligated to sign. So um, I think that was really what it was more about than anything. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, because like you said, we didn't want to get stuck with him. Then we would have had to try and offload him next. Like as soon as we signed him, turn around and try and sell him. (laughs) I I mean, it's just, it's one of those deals of cutting your losses and I wish him all the best, you know, he, he helped us as much as he could and, you know, it just didn't work out. So I hope he succeeds at, at Birmingham. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, for sure. Moving along here, we have a league match this weekend. It is Stoke City coming to Bramall Lane for a 3 p.m. GMT start. And Stoke City, they currently sit 18th in the league, but you know we all know how tight the middle of the championship is. With that being said, they've not had a great run of form their last five. Looking at it here, um, obviously they just beat Hartlepool in the FA Cup 3-0, but prior to that, they lost to Preston 1-0 at home. They lost to Burnley before that 1-0 at home. They drew Rotherham. They beat Bristol City away, and then they drew Cardiff um, before that. Their last win was on December 17th, and like I said, that was a 2-1 victory over Bristol City with uh, Delap and Brown getting those goals. What's your general impression about Stoke City, Chad? Uh, not because, honestly, I didn't do much looking into them leading up to this. And when I pulled up their their page to find out that they're 18th in the league, on, and we're, I think we're 21 points clear of them. It's just yeah. like Stoke is so always just like, since they got relegated from the Prem, they've just been like a middle-of-the-road championship side. Yeah, no, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. They they haven't really done a lot since they got relegated. I mean, they've got a couple of good players. They've got Suter playing on the back line for them. They typically play – they line up sort of similar to how we do, except um, they have an a, attacking center mid and then two strikers in Brown and Campbell – um, with Smallbone playing uh, that kind of 10 position. But yeah, you know, nobody really of note that I think we have to be that worried about. Who's their top scorer? Lewis Baker has five goals. So they're, I mean, I, I saw somebody, and that's that's what makes me think. Somebody said Dwight, we should try and sign Dwight Gale. And he is doing absolutely horrible at Stoke since he signed for him. He's got four assists, yeah, and he leads their team. I mean, that's saying something when he's playing horrible and leads their team four assists. But, yeah, Lewis Baker on five goals, and Tyrese Campbell has four, and Ben Wilma has three. So not 
as plentiful of the goals. I They've only scored 28 and conceded 34. So I think the goals are going to be there for, for United on Saturday. Yeah, I, although I'm I'm a little bit worried because we did lose three one to them um, in the reverse fixture. So, you know, it, I I don't know. I think look, I, I can't exactly recall that match because it was obviously forgettable. We lost three one, but with that being said, the based on the run of form that we're on, based on the run of form that they're on, I think that this is a winnable game. Um, Chad, how do you see United lining up come come Saturday? Um, well, I think it's pretty much. Oh, uh, I think we go Jebo up top, and Die starts obviously. I think you keep the midfield and the wingers the same with Stevens, Doyle, Norwood, McAtee, and Bogle, and Egan in the center, the rock, and then Ahmed Hodzic comes back into the side um and JL- I... JLT yeah I think Jackie long throwing West obviously in goal well hacking bottom has said that Clark is probably not going to be available for a couple of weeks so um take him at his word there um and you'd have to think that yeah Jackie long throw will be coming in and slotting in in that left center back position but you you would start as as you said earlier. You would start Bogle out on the right wing, huh? Yeah, I think I'd start Bogle. I mean, you go with a hot hand, but I also can see Hecky swapping for Baldock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I have pretty much. You know, man for man. What about a score prediction from you there, Chad? I'm going three one, three one right. blades. I like reversed, it. Reversed reverse of the of the previous fixture. I like it. Who do you have for for goal scorers? Um, Jebo gets a first goal in the championship. Um, let's see. I'll go with Bogle to get another one. And then Ollie Norwood from the spot. Ollie Norwood from the spot. That's a good shout right there. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm going to say 2-1 to United. And I'm going to go with Jebo scoring a goal and Njaye getting his first in a while. Yeah, could see it. I knew, I I like how both of us knit, are like learning not to pick clean sheets yeah. because it seems like we give. I mean, yeah, last week against Millwall in the cup we had a clean sheet, but the league we're not really keeping clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. I I hope we do keep a clean sheet because it's just been a minute. But um, yeah, defense has been a little bit sh- on the shaky side over the last. I don't know three or four weeks. I mean, we're still getting wins, which is good. And we've gone undefeated for quite a while in the league, but yeah, I, I just don't see it. I don't see us keeping a clean sheet. Yeah. Anything else that you want to chat about before we uh, take off here, Chad? Nope, nope, nope. Blades going up. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Well, I think that just about does it for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so already, please follow this podcast on social media at Red Sheffield on Twitter and at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. And Chad, where can the people follow you on social media? They can find me at Jarvis underscore 13. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at Sunpuck on Instagram and at Nessman930 on Twitter. We will be back this weekend 
on the Chef United way, doing the live stream. Watch along for our match against Stoke City at Bramall Lane. And until then, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards.